0: Hey Billy, I'm wondering, have you been looking for a way to get better as a coach? Uh, always. That's good because you could do it by using GMS Plus. It's a great resource for courses, drills, stats, videos, tips, and much more. Many of the game's winningest coaches and players, including Heather Olmstead, Keegan Cook, John Sparra, Mike Wall, and Courtney Thompson, have used it or are a part of it. They're also actually have been former guests, so you know they're good. Personally, I've learned a lot from Gold Medal Squared, as have many of our guests. So, If you're looking to win a state championship or an Olympic gold medal, GMS Plus will help you get there. Get 20% off an annual subscription today. Go to goldmedalsquared.com backslash C-Y-B-O and enter C-Y-B-O. That's goldmedalsquared.com slash C-Y-B-O and enter coupon code C-Y-B-O.
1: Welcome to Coach Your Brains Out, the show that explores learning from the top minds in volleyball and beyond. With your hosts, John Mayer, Billy Allen, Andrew Fuller, and Nils Nielsen.
0: But yeah, I wanted to move on to talking about staff, and I know that's something you've obviously done recently with the new position, and it's something Travis mentioned that you've done really well. So I was curious what what you look for when you're you're making hires.
2: Well, I was fortunate in that I had uh, had had a long list of guys that, you know, I just kind of have observed over the years. I think as a young coach, I was very observant of, of kind of the generation ahead of me of coaches and watching those guys and, and devouring, you know, any, any time those guys spoke or any videos or and actually one of the coolest moments of my career, Skip Burtman, the time, legendary Head baseball coach at LSU. I got to spend a ton of time with him last year while I was at LSU. And uh like I've watched his video. I have the VHS uh, you know, winning the big one. Like I showed it to him. Like I'm like, Skip, look how this it's I've I've worn this thing out. So uh a super aware of I've just always had an awareness of coaches. And then, you know, the last four or five years. I kind of felt like, okay, I think I'm I think I'm getting close and I'm getting ready to to take in a head coaching job and my staff is going to be the most important thing, period. I mean, who you work with impacts so much. So I just had my eye out, and the, the three guys that uh I brought with me were the three guys I went after. And so um I just first and foremost, who they are as people, trustworthy. Integrity, character, all those buzzwords—whatever you want to call them—like that was those. That was the non-negotiable. Like they have to be uh, really, really good men. And then I just looked at everyone's skill, everyone's strength and weaknesses, and thought, "What's the best of all these guys out there that I think I could make a run at? Um, what's the best combination of, of the four of us to do it?" And uh, these guys were exceptional. So. I, I just, I look a lot at, okay, if you're, you know, you have to be well-rounded. Like I have, ter- there are some things I'm terrible at, awful, like not, un- unemployable. So I got to have someone that's really good at that stuff. And then, you know, there's some stuff that I am good at. And so they don't have to be, you know, elite in those areas. And so, yeah, I just tried to look at balance and then overall can, is this a cohesive unit? It's, is this a team in an, amongst our, you know, before we have our global team of all of our players, like does our coaching staff team work? Is this a, is this an organization and a, a program within the four of us that can thrive? And I, I, I they've been phenomenal. They're unbelievable.
1: And when it comes to that balance, and I guess finding coaches who can fill gaps uh, that maybe you have, um, what do you do if you have like a great coach, but they have like they're very similar in their strengths and weaknesses?
2: Yeah. Well, hopefully, someone else on the staff, you know, has that has that strength where the other ones weak. And um, but I think we're all so a good, good example. All four of us were recruiting coordinators a year ago. Right now, so I think there's a tendency at times to uh, look a little too hard through the lens of recruiting, and we have to be really aware of not of of not skipping past development like we have to be really cognizant of development so you know Tyler Tyler is a great hitting development guy Brandon is an unbelievable pitching development guy if the only reason John is not recruiting today is it's a violation like he he can't recruit until March 1st so that's the only reason he's in Lawrence Kansas otherwise he would be gone like he's completely and totally obsessed with it so I think like a good example, Brandon, our, our pitching coach. I asked him in the process. I said, "Brandon, you've been a high-end recruiting coordinator your whole career. John's going to be the recruiting coordinator. Are you going to be comfortable taking on more of a development role with, with the pitchers?" And he was all for it. I think he was at a spot in his career where he really welcomed it. So mm-hmm. I just try to be really, really clear on on uh, roles and uh, responsibilities. But I think, Billy, we have to be really careful. Every day I wake up and think, I know we're killing it recruiting, but are we checking every box developmentally? Because we can drift towards the recruiting end a little too fast.
1: Cool. I'm just wondering how to get hired by John when we're both pretty similar. That's why I ask. (laughs) Um, So in part one, we talk a lot about uh, communication. When it comes to talking to your staff and making sure that your philosophies align on and off the field, uh, what are some some tips you do you can give us?
2: We spend we spend a ton of time together, just inherently, and and we were all friends uh, before working together, and you know I told all of them in the process like, hey, your your friendship means a lot more to me than like just us working together. So we we have to. I know it's going to change um in that there are certain employee employer relationship things that you know I have to I have to do an exit meeting I have to do an expectations meeting I have to do an evaluation I have to do that stuff but I try to really come at it from we are going to be friends before we're going to be you know anything and we're all working on the same thing and I tell them hey if it's your area I'm, I'm your assistant coach in your area. So I fully expect John, John called me last night. Hey, can you call these two guys right now? Yes. On it. Uh, If Tyler asked me to come down to the cage today and work with someone 100%, I'll do it. If Brandon. So I really try to be, Hey, you have to lead up. Like you, you have to tell me where I'm needed and what to do and don't tiptoe around. And um, you know, I did tell him, I, I, I told him, I said, Hey, we pitch bad. No one's getting fired. We, we hit bad. No one's getting fired. Like we're not, we're not going panic button year one, but if you guys don't tell me the truth, that's the one area that we're never going to be, we will never coexist if, if we can't tell each other the truth. So I asked all of them in the, in the, in the process of hiring them, like, are you comfortable telling me the truth as your boss? Will you be comfortable saying, Hey man, I think you're dead wrong or, you handled that terribly, or, uh, and so I've I'll I'll test them on that where I'll ask them something if they agree I'm like you you would tell me if you didn't agree correct like, and I I we've had great examples of them doing that like Fitz I think you've lost your mind like there's no that's a terrible idea okay cool awesome you guys all agree with that yes okay great thank you guys I appreciate you keeping me in line and um and in check but. Um, yeah, I think I I try to spend a ton of time with them. I, I try to give them great space with their families. Uh, I, their wives are awesome. Their kids are awesome. Uh, Our wives are friends, you know, John is, John is single. So it's, it's a little different in that he, you know, I have to be intentional with him on like, John, you're going home for Christmas, like, and you're not working and you're turning your phone off. And uh, you know, you need to be healthy. So I try to. I I genuinely and not not to get good performance on the field, like because I genuinely love these guys, I try to invest in them and uh, I don't want to be a, I've worked for it. It's easy for me because I've worked for unbelievable men. Jay Johnson, LSU is unbelievable. Dan Hefner at DBU is unbelievable. So I've worked for really, really good head coaches that have given that have loved me as a as a friend before they've before they've managed me, um, which has been pretty special.
0: It sounds like you've done more of trying to get them to work less versus pushing work on them. But I don't know if you've had experience with with delegating work and especially I'm thinking of a friendship like this is something new that came up, something that's probably not very fun to do, but this is something I'm going to pass on to to them how have you found if you've been in those experiences how you found delegating work is that difficult for you to do
2: no no is there cuz they're awesome like i'd say because of their their motors um and the way that they go and, and i think they know that i'll do the dirty work with them like i don't i that don't helps, yeah. yeah i don't pass on a whole lot of i i pick up cones i pick up baseballs in the cage i i uh I'm not a diva coach yet. I don't, I don't. And that's why I told Wyckoff and, and I told all these guys, like, I don't want to turn into that. And, Mm. and, but the good news is again, I've, I've seen my last two bosses have modeled that at the highest level. Like they've, it would be very awkward. I would feel like I'm letting down a lot of people. um, If I didn't get my hands dirty. So I think they know that I'll, I will recruit as hard as anyone this summer. Um, I went out this fall when I could, like, I am, I try to be in the trenches with them.
0: Yeah, that's great. You, you mentioned for staff, how honesty that's, that's gotta be there, but what about something outside of, say, if you're, you know, in the future, looking at future staff and someone had maybe a very different philosophy from a hitting perspective or just from a, the way a a practice should run or just very different philosophically with on-field stuff. Would that make them off the table, or would you? How would you approach someone like that?
2: No, I think I need that, John. I mm-hmm. I think I'm. Uh, I'm. I have, like I said before, I have a fascinating. I just have a, 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 you know, self-diagnosed OCD when it comes to simplification. Like I want, you know, and my boys, probably my, my sons were here, they'd be laughing right now. They'd be like, "Oh, you mean it." You mean at 9.05 p.m. when you want everyone in bed? It's like, exactly, at 9.05. No, but uh, I think that the the cutting edge, uh, the new, whatever the next wave is, um, I need people in my life that are trying to ride that wave. And so I actually, when I see as much of a simpleton as I can be when it comes to you know, A plus B equals C. Uh, I do have a fascination with when, but I, maybe this is a better way to say it when someone's really passionate about something else in a different way to do it and that it gives them energy and they've had success doing it. It fascinates me. Hmm. And I've been around some really cool guys with that. Wes Johnson, who's the now the pitching coach at LSU. He was the pitching coach of the Minnesota twins previously. And we worked together at, at Dallas Baptist. He, When track man became a big thing in in baseball and you could, you know, read the spin on a baseball and the vertical approach angle and the everything about it, Wes was so cutting edge on that. I didn't even know how to log into the computer at that point. And Wes was like telling the app, like the everything about the flight of a baseball. And I didn't understand it. And it was probably uh, it would have been intimidating for me to, hey, jump up and speak about this fits. There's no way I could have done that. But I knew that what Wes was doing was very life-giving to him. He was very passionate about it. His, gave him energy. And, it, and you could tell right away, like, this dude's in his lane. So it was a great eye-opener for me of, like, well, when someone's like that, uh, let them run. So John Coyne, our recruiting coordinator, we are bar- extremely different as recruiters. Uh, you know, a year ago, right now, I was the recruiting coordinator at LSU and, and – you know, we were having success with players, and when I watch John recruit right now, and we couldn't have done it more different. But watching him, the success he's had, the energy in which he does it, and the and the naturalness uh, that he does it in, it's like I just let him go. Like I don't, I don't try, to, I don't try to tell him how to do anything recruiting wise. Um, so I need that. I need people that do it different than me because I'm not. I am tragically uncreative. Like really, I am. Like it's so. I need those people around me. That's awesome. awesome.
1: Um, when it comes to sharing input with your coaches and stuff, uh, I guess how much do you consider that for playing time and maybe some of the bigger issues? And what do you do? when you guys do have disagreements? Yeah, we just
2: did this yesterday. We we're going over the lineup for for next Friday and trying to figure out. We're playing Valparaiso. Trying to figure out who they're pitching and. What, what, what the order of their rotation will be and, um, you know, a couple, couple discrepancies on each of our lineups of, of where we'd have guys. And uh, so I, I had mine and three assistants had theirs. And then we have a – we got a guy by the name of Ryan Holland who is uh, – he's our analyst. He's the – he should be working for NASA. Like, he's, mm-hmm. he is un, he's unbelievable. So we get him involved. Okay. What statistically, what should our lineup be? Um, Old school, what should our lineup be? If you look up the, uh, go to Google and look up best sabermetric lineup, what does that say? So we just kind of, everything's a discussion. Uh, We, we talk all the time about, you know, pitching coaches can have great input on what hitters do. Hitters can have great input on what pitchers do. So, we try to just have a lot of conversation, a lot of open dialogue. Um, you know, ultimately I have to, I have to write the lineup. So, but I, I yesterday I had a guy in the two, the two hole and the four hole were flipped in mine and everyone else's. So I asked hey, why? And they made their case and I'm like, how's? Ah, it's really smart, you know? And so if we started today, we would go with, we would have those two flipped. Um, yeah, I don't, On practice when those guys want to do something different. Most of the time, you know, I'll say that's good when it comes to the one area I have to do a way better job in, well, I have to do a better job in a lot of areas, but the one area specific to my assistant's input is I get so passionate about our direction as a team, the cohesiveness and, um, that sometimes I'll get, you know, I'll get a, uh, a notion of, Hey, we need to meet right now. Mm. And I probably need to do a better job of, Hey guys, does this screw up anyone's day? Does this screw up anyone's flow? If I get them together for five minutes right now, or do you think I'm overdoing it? If I, if I, if I talk to him right now,
0: so yeah. that's great. I mean, it sounds like such a healthy relationship you guys have that you can have these discussions and open discussions. It is,
2: it is, John. But we haven't lost a game yet either. Like, <laughs>
0: that's like, true. Like that's that's yeah. the one yeah. the
2: one thing I'm really aware of. Like, man, we're and I've told the players this. I told them all fall like our first three weeks of individuals. I'm like, guys, everyone, everyone loves it now. Like, no yeah. one's been cut, and there's no lineup. We haven't lost a game. No parents are mad. No girlfriends have dumped you yet. Like, mm-hmm. you know. So that's where you know I've I've told them over and over like we have to stay together. Because we're gonna face adversity, like within the week, and uh, so yeah, right. We, we absolutely authentically awesome relationships, but I'm very aware that we, we have to always work on that.
0: Yeah, I'll be uh, look forward to probably being challenged to see how you guys yeah. respond. I think that, that so those would be the the great opportunities. I'm curious. Just a quick side note: the how close was the analytics lineup to the old school traditional lineup? Were they in different worlds, or was there? Yeah, they're
2: they're they're way different. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. The, you know, traditionally you always, the best player always hits third and uh, now the best hitter always hits second and mm. the four hole really matters. One, I mean, I guess the leadoff guy, it's whoever gets on base the most, pretty cut and dry. Okay. Three hole, the three hitter can actually strike out quite a bit. And it doesn't affect run production a whole lot. Mm. Uh, four and five are a really big deal. And then whatever you can steal, six, seven, eight, nine, but then we've got we have an unusual amount of left-handed hitters, which is the greatest problem in the world to have. Mm. Um, so trying to split those guys up at the end of the game so that you know we we don't get a, a lefty coming and stack on us for, you
0: know, six straight outs. But
2: yeah, they're quite they're they're quite different.
0: Yeah, I can yeah. imagine. Yeah, it's kind of cool. I, my mind always just goes to the money ball and I picture. You know, he's got a really pretty swing, so he should be in the fourth spot, you know. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to I mean, the traditional obviously view had a lot. There's a lot of good there, um, but it seems like having a mix of some analytics and and some of your, your experience can get you to a good spot.
2: No doubt. No doubt.
0: We had uh, just two questions to close from a listener and uh, the assistant coach at Kansas Volleyball, Caitlin Nielsen. She says, I've heard amazing things about how Dan has set and is holding a new and higher standard for his team. How did he identify those standards? How does he implement them? And what are his processes around athletes that don't meet his criteria?
2: It's a big one.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, It actually worked out perfect in our first team meeting. We went over the, the KU student athlete code of conduct. And in the back of my mind, I kept thinking, how do I... Uh, how do I articulate to these guys that if we went over every rule over the course of the year that we'd be here for a month and it would be the most boring and it'd be a miserable way to to run a program to be a miserable program to play in so I just kept as I was as I was getting ready to to speak I just kept thinking I just want to hit this soap I want to hit this so right of of that there's an expectation and a standard and and you know, but I'm also like, I'm not Nick Saban, so I can't be like, "Hey guys, it's just the process, so we'll just follow the process." And um, we went over the student athlete code of conduct, and I got up in front of the team. I said, "Guys, is this enough?" My well, first, of all, I asked them, "What do you want to do?" And they said, "You know, all the things we we expect: want to go to the NCAA tournament, want to play in the Super, want to go to Omaha, blah blah blah." So I held it up. I said, "Is this enough? Is not cheating on a test enough? It is?" not putting pictures of alcohol on your Twitter feed enough (laughs) is not having, not being violent enough. And they all said, well, of course, no, I mean, those are all good things. Like we don't want to do any of these things, but what is enough? And it just came to me in that moment of there is a bar that we all know what needs to be above it. We all do. Inherently we know now inherently i you know, I'm going to operate at a pretty low level if I'm not if I'm not held accountable and if I'm not in check with with some like minded individuals. So, we have just said above the bar, above the bar, above the bar, above the bar, and over and over again we've defined that. So, I think if you asked if you walked into our program right now and said, "What's the only thing that matters here?" they'd say that we operate above the bar. And then if you guys said, "Well, what does that look like?" I think they'd say, "Well, it's effort, it's this, but it, it's really all encompassing." So. It's a little vague and, and I'm, I'm, I try to nail it down all the time. Um, and then for, you know, the players that have continually operated at a level below that, I think it's just, we've had a million conversations and I told them day one, I said, you are all going to, you're all going to fall below the line at times. I am going to fall below the line at times. Our staff is going to fall below the line at times. And we're not going to freak out. We're not going to lose our mind when we, you know, I'm not going to punish a guy. I'm not going to suspend a guy because he's late to practice for the first time. And, and, you know, it's January 15th and a guy's late to practice for the first time in the entire year. I'm not, whatever. I'm, I'm sure I'll be late to something in the next month. Heck, I was one minute late to the podcast. I couldn't get on the Wi-Fi. Like life happens, you know, (laughs) like, um, so I think there's a, there's a real long runway of, Hey, the bar is really high and we're going to shoot for it. And, and we're going to, if we're striving to operate above it and we fall below, that's different than not striving to operate above it because then you have no shot to be above it. So I just think when, when guys know what it's supposed to look like and um, if there's ever an area that's gray, and I think I've done a bad job of communicating it. I own it. I just say, guys, I did a terrible job. I told them yesterday, I said, guys, I did the worst job in human history of explaining this drill. Start over. Let me, let me, let me re-explain how we need to do this. Um, but I think our guys know, like, I don't think they freak out when they get a text, Hey, swing by my office. And even if they're, even if they're in trouble, like we've had a couple guys that have, have had some disciplinary issues that I've, I've had to deal with. And even in that, I've had some real um, proud moments because they're the guys aren't completely freaked out. There's a little bit of like I can go, I can actually have a conversation with this guy about this. Hmm. So that's great. All right, that kind of answers Caitlin, and that's way too simple question. It's that's just question. a high high level question.
1: Yes, <laughs> well, Caitlin has one more. Uh, she wants to know how did you balance stepping into the new shoes as a head coach while also the, at a new school filled with its own traditions and culture.
2: Head first, just you know, I just looked around and and uh, you know, Bill Self is a first ballot. I mean, if you could put a coach in the Hall of Fame, well, I know he's in multiple Hall of Fames right now. I mean, he's still coaching. Um, he is a walking Mass. He's a walking doctorate on how to do it. Lance Leipold, our football coach, is a walking education on on how to go about it. Ray Bouchard, our our volleyball coach, is phenomenal. I mean, these people—they've success leaves clues, as we all know. And these guys, everyone here has left a million clues. So I've tried to just—I um, did my research on KU long before I took the job, and this is a place that I had always eyeballed as special in and uh, kind of a sleeping giant so i felt like i i did a ton of research before this job ever opened knowing that hey if that job does open someday i'm that's a that's a really cool place so i think that really helped um but i just i tried to you know from day one you know i i had a i won't go long on this but i had a moment a couple years ago where uh Mid major school, the AD had told me, "Hey, you can, you can come here. You know, win for four years, flip this thing, and take a power five job." And in that exact moment, I had this real moment of clarity of like, "I that's the last thing in the world I want to do. I don't want to flip something. I want to build something. I want to mm. not a flipper. I'm not not good at that. I'm not good at a hey, let's just make a splash and then you know jump to something else." I I really had a deep desire to build and put fingerprints all over it and, and uh, make it unique and make it a part of, you know, I got to see Dan Heefner at DBU where the program and Dan are, are, I mean, you can't, you can't walk through anything in that program and not see him. It's kind of like looking at one of his sons. It's like, well, they they kind of look like him, you know? And um, I wanted to do something like that here. And so to me, the traditions and the things that were in place, um, we're, we're, just awesome advantages and, and things that were easy to really take advantage of.
0: It's really cool. And it's going to be exciting to follow. I, uh, I haven't played baseball since I was 12, but listening to you over the last hour, I, I would want to go play for your team and play for you. No, um, I appreciate that. John can, can hear, uh, just the culture you're creating, the, the experience your players are having. It's, um, it's gonna be fun to follow along. I'm excited for your team. And like you said, in the long, the long run, too, not just this season, but what you build over, over time. So appreciate you spending the time and appreciate uh having the opportunity to learn from you.
2: Well, thank you guys. You guys, I'm huge fans and and uh listen to you guys all the time. I'm I safely say I'm not only the worst volleyball player on this on this call, I'm the worst volleyball player listening to this podcast. I'm terrible. <laughs> But watching your guys as sport and and getting to know you guys through, through Travis has been very eye opening to me. You guys are so advanced in your sport and um, in terms of the things we're talking about. But you guys are like the one percent of the one percent inside your sport, which is so cool. And and the guests you have on, I'm just honored to um, honored to be, you know, just on. Let alone. Um, to be asked questions because you guys are the true experts in all this. So I, I'm honored you guys had me and look forward to a ongoing
0: friendship. Me too. Me too. Cool. Well, good luck next week and good luck this season.
2: Awesome. Thanks, fellas. All right. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Dan.